All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for another opportunity we have, Lord, to be able to uh, hopefully uh, gather together, Lord, in your purposes. I just think of all the people, Lord, that come in that are brand new to to the to the church or to the church here and we get to serve them we get to make them feel welcome we get to hopefully build them up be used by you lord i I pray we could be vessels and i just want to thank you for every person here i i'm so blessed lord that they would take that step of faith and uh, i pray lord that you would honor that i pray lord that as we go over this paper and even begin the class lord something that is just brand new I'm learning as I go, Lord, that you would just put it together and that this class, Lord, these things would be used as long as um, as long as you tarry, Lord. Continue to raise up people. And so we love you. We thank you. We pray you be with us. Keep us awake. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All righty. Uh, when I was uh, going over the notes for today, I uh, just felt like I just kind of wanted to write you guys a letter. So I hope uh, it's not, you know, I hope you're okay with it. You know, a lot of people, you know, they might wonder why you're doing like a, a leader teacher class. And bottom line is, is not for the position and not for the title. It's uh, just for uh, the people. We need uh, servant leaders. Okay, so if you want to be a leader, but you don't want to be a servant, then you will not serve here as a leader. And God will show us if that's your heart. So you're going to have to really ask God. And and a lot of you here, I already see, man, he's got a beautiful heart. She's got a beautiful heart. I already see it. But some... I think that we still have to ask God to humble us. So, you know, but when that happens, then God's going to do it. God, no, nothing can stop it. And you're going to be a servant leader. And, you know, uh, God's going to use your life. I guess in the end of the, the day, that's why I'm praying. God would use our lives, you know, and He will work in us and He will work through us. And uh, we've never done a teacher's class. Um, Really, I'll tell you guys the way it is with with this stuff. You guys already, a lot of you already have the gift. You never took a class, but you're awesome teachers. And so, um, you know, I I know that. And I know how, that's how a lot of times it is in leaders too. You're already, you're anointed by God as a leader. And, you know, a class isn't necessarily going to make it happen. But at the same time, there's things about a church, you know, convictions that I have as a pastor that if the Lord was to call me home, if one day I was to die or whatever, that I would have a peace on my, my deathbed knowing that I passed to you the convictions that God gave to me um, because by the grace of God, He allowed me to be uh, the pastor here. And I feel like I have that responsibility before I, I die, before I move on. And then what happens is then you will pass them on to other people. And so that's kind of how it works. And so um, let's read through this, and we'll, we'll talk as we go through. 
servant leaders and teachers. Class one. Again, off the top of my head and from the bottom of my heart. I was just there typing, you know. Some people say leaders are born, not made. That might be true in the world of men, but it's not true in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the one who makes leaders in his church. Matthew 4.19 Granted, there are those born with natural leadership tendencies, but those natural tendencies can be either good or bad. Natural leadership tendencies can be good, even great, if they are sanctified and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But natural leadership tendencies are always bad if they in any way go against the ultimate leadership of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Peter had to learn that. And thank God he did. But he did so the hard way. He denied the Lord. And so you guys know some people, they're just natural leaders, huh? I mean, like, they just, when there's a crisis situation, they'll rise to the occasion and they'll lead. And I think that's, that can be a good thing. But I've also seen in ministry that if that person isn't under the lordship of Jesus Christ, then, yeah, they'll take charge, but it's ugly. It's fleshly. And so the, the, the challenge for us is not whether or not you feel like you're a natural leader, you have that personality, but whatever you have. And the way that it works is that just everything we have, we bring to the Lordship of, of Jesus Christ. You know, Peter was a natural leader, huh? Kind of how do you guys think, how do we know he was a natural leader? What would you guys say? We see him in the Gospels doing what? He spoke out. He spoke out. Uh, yeah, he just kind of took charge. Far be it from you, Lord. You know, let me tell you what to do. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. We'll tell the Lord what to do. And so Peter, praise God, you know, he had the, the qualities. God didn't give up on him. But then God God just, he, he had to end up denying the Lord. So you guys know how it works in Scripture, right? Humble yourself. Because if you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. And even then, you might not learn. That's crazy. But thank God Peter learned. Jesus is so patient with us, huh? And he ended up becoming a great leader. You see, it doesn't matter if you are the type A personality or not. They say type A personality is competitive outgoing, ambitious, impatient, and aggressive. How many of you here are like that? Oh, you won't raise your hand. That's okay. That's all right. I see it sometimes, and actually, I think it's good. Well, not one. <laughs> no. <laughs> what matters is the calling and enabling of God upon your life. What matters is whether or not you're willing to sanctify and surrender everything to Jesus. If you are, God can do anything with your life. Moses was an amazing leader, but he was also the meekest man on earth. It says that in Numbers 12.3 in the Authorized Version. Now considering the fact that during his first 40 years of life, he was a prince in Egypt, 
Meekness and humility would probably not describe him in the early days, but it was cultivated through 40 years of obscurity. So much so that when God finally commissioned him, he had no confidence in himself and had picked up a stutter along the way. He was a great leader, huh? He was a great leader. But um, it wasn't always that way. And again, the first 40 years, he, he, he learned to be somebody. The next 40 years, he learned to be nobody, right? Nothing. And then after that, he was kind of set and ready. So it doesn't matter. What matters is a calling. What matters is the enabling, Right? Over the past 26 years, I've seen guys and girls with strong leadership qualities in the world try to bring that into the church. They try to push and shove, manipulate, brag about their past experiences, and jockey for position. They expected that position. It made perfect sense to them. But today, they are not leading or serving Sadly, they are wandering in the wilderness, or worse, some have even gone back to Egypt. They simply refused to do things God's way. They walked in the natural rather than the supernatural, in the flesh rather than by the Spirit. They suppress God's truth, found in Psalm seventy-five, sixty-seven. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And I and I and I know you guys have probably seen it too. You know, a lot of people. And you see, ah, you know, they're they're prideful. They they come into the church and, and sometimes it's good. I'm just gonna be straight out with you guys. Sometimes it's good. Yeah, I was able to serve in this ministry and that ministry and that ministry. You could tell it's okay. Sometimes you can tell that they are are telling me this, or they're telling Henry that, or one of the pastors, because they have pride. And I'm telling you guys right here, right now, don't do that. Don't. Because I want God to use your life. I want God to bless you. I want God to use you. But you won't find a place in this church if that's your heart. God will... I want God to bring us to that place of I'll do anything for the Lord. And then what ends up happening is God opens doors. We see your faithfulness. He sees your faithfulness and he will raise you up. Nothing will stop you except you. We really, I want all you guys here to be blessed. I want you to be used to your fullest capacity. If it's a senior pastor, assistant pastor, a missionary, a teacher, an overseer, I believe you me. I want that. I want that so bad because I feel like if we can raise up people with the right heart and servant leaders, then we're going to have more people to serve. I, not that I want a big church. We don't want that. We want it to go deep. But come on, don't you want to reach the lost? We want to reach as many people as we can. We want to be as strong as we can. I can't do it on my own. And, you know, we got some really good guys but even they're not enough. We need more guys and more girls, right? So, I, I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense to you. I hope I'm not. Don't let the enemy, if it's not, it doesn't apply to you, don't let him beat you up. But if it does, take it to heart. 
take it to heart as not a, an offensive statement, but as a statement that says, I love you. I want the best for you. If you humble yourself, you're going to be good. Here on the, on, the, on, the, on the beautiful flip side, over the years I've seen the Lord continue to choose and use the humble and faithful. You see, if we're faithful in the so-called small things, then he will entrust greater things to us. This principle is found in Matthew twenty-five twenty-one, and it's illustrated in the life of David. What a faithful shepherd he was with the few sheep that had been entrusted to him. 1 Samuel seventeen twenty-eight, And the day came when God raised him up. He was ready. He had been prepared and trained, and Israel would be blessed with a true spiritual leader, anointed and appointed by God. I mean, he had a few sheep. And you guys know his story, huh? He went toe-to-toe with a bear and a lion. God saw that faithfulness behind the scenes. God saw him faithful with the few, and God just catapulted him into a place of usefulness and prominence that we still look back and, and just shake our heads and go, wow, look at what God did with him, you know? As a, as a side note, I will say this. Being faithful with the few sheep, how are you doing with your family? Husbands. You know, sometimes I get guys and they're like, hey, I'm it, Manny. Oh, you are? Let me talk to your wife. What would she say? Seriously. What would your kids say? Now again, not to condemn you, not to condemn you, but I want to challenge you guys. Let's do our best at home with our kids. That's kind of where the qualification begins according to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and because we want to be used by God. Okay, next page. And, and, and whether you're new to this call to lead, and uh, or teach, or whether it's something you've been doing for the past 20 years like me, I've learned that these things need to be stirred up constantly and it needs to grow and improve in the knowledge of God and His Word more and more to that place of grace where we serve, lead, and teach with excellence. I was talking to Henry the other day and I I was like, man, Henry, you know, one of the things that, about the church is that we have been so blessed. That God has done such a, I really believe it. it's a beautiful work. I, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I think, you know, everybody has. But, you know, he still has done such a neat work. But here's the thing, huh? You're always trying to grow. You're always trying to improve. You know, it's kind of like the San Antonio Spurs, man. Those, they're always good. How come they're always good? Because they're always like getting ready for the next step, you know. They don't, they don't ever reach a point where like, okay, we've arrived now and we can just kind of put it in cruise control. You know, they're like just constantly growing. And so in a ministry setting, I was telling Henry, it, it almost might sound like we're being critical because we're always talking about ways to improve. We're always talking about ways to grow. But it's not that, we're being critical necessarily 
we're grateful for what God has done, but man, we want to continue to serve like with excellence. And God shows us something all the time. And so, you know, it's kind of like our life as a Christian. Has any, have any of you here arrived? None of us here have, right? Some of you here are going backwards. No, I'm just joking. I want to say that. <laughs> but you know, um, and so what ends up happening is as you live your life as a Christian, God just shows you the next thing. Okay, Manny, now you got us still working on that. I'm like, Lord, aren't you done? <laughs> and he's like, no, I won't be done with you until you're home in heaven. That's the way it is with the church. There'll always be things that rise up. And then, you know, someone might say, if you're an overseer here, oh, Manny, he's always on me. No, I'm not always on you. It's just that that's, you know, things rise. Oh, okay, we got to deal with that. I never saw that before, but now I see it. So hopefully you know that that's our heart, that we're grateful for what God has done, but we're just hungry for Him to be glorified and to do more. And we're never going to just kick back. And and that, that goes for all of us. And so, yeah. Oh, I skipped page two. Oh, I thought. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, thank you, Henry. Oh, man, I wrote a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. I believe God is raising up this class because he is raising up leaders, not shoving leaders, but loving leaders. Why? Because of his love for the people, which, by the way, are the most precious commodity on planet Earth. I'll never forget those words I heard at a pastor's conference three years ago. It hit me hard. It went deep. You have been entrusted with the greatest commodity on planet Earth, God's people. Acts 20.28 illuminates this truth because it says the church has been purchased with God's blood. That's how precious they are. You might be a leader in your home. Husbands, dads, and moms definitely are. So are big brothers and sisters. You might be a leader in your workplace or in the community. You might even be called to be a leader in the church. You might be called to be a leader in the nursery of a children's class, the youth, young adults, middle-aged or seniors. You might be a group leader, an overseer of a ministry, an, an assistant overseer, pastor or senior pastor. You might lead a handful of or tens or hundreds or thousands. Keep in mind the age or total number of people is not necessarily the focus, although there are unique variables in all these responsibilities, what matters most is the sobering reality that every single one of these souls are loved by God, valued by God, and therefore must be led to God, God's way. You guys understand that? I mean, you guys understand that? I mean, praise God when it's the big crowd, that's cool, but if you're leading just a handful of little toddlers... You know how valuable they are and you know what a difference. We have to have that in our heart if we're going to lead the way the Lord did. And so if you are a leader, the constant question you must be asking is, where am I leading God's people? Where are you leading them? The heart of Christ in this arena is revealed in Matthew 9, 36-38 when he saw the multitudes it says he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. 
Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In this passage, Jesus sees the multitudes, weary and scattered, tired and lost spiritually, lacking direction, sheep without shepherds, defenseless, not cared for. Jesus sees every single one of them, so many of them, multitudes. There's a plentiful harvest at hand. So what's holding the harvest back? the limited amount of shepherds, who are also referred to as laborers, the limited amount of servant leaders. There are plenty who want the title, but some don't want or know the task involved. And so God wants to bless the church with true and caring shepherds to lovingly lead his sons and daughters, and prayerfully we would be open to being one of them. Prayerfully, he will use this course and all that we are experiencing in life to grant us his heart. After all, a shepherd's work can never be done without a shepherd's heart. I believe God is doing a beautiful work here at Calvary Chapel Almani. We're on the brink of a new work. So I want to step it up in doing our part to train you. I was blessed and convicted in reading once again about Abraham's servants who had been trained so that they were therefore ready for the battle and by the grace of God they succeeded in saving many, many lives. Do you guys remember that story in Genesis chapter 14 when uh, the kings came down and they took Lot and they took his family and they took like hundreds of people and and it, and it happened right there. Abraham got his, I think, 300 soldiers, something like that. They were trained. They were already trained. And because they were already trained, they were able to go and rescue the people. That's where I think I failed. Uh, and to be honest with you, I have not really trained people. I usually just throw them in, sink or swim, from the frying pan into the fire. And I apologize for that. You know, um, right here it talks about training. Um, this course is our attempt to do our part in training. Training consists of teaching and practice over time. It consists of exercises and discipline. It's more than passing a written test. It's very, very practical preparation. This is what we aspire to do. And so whether, again, you're new to this call to lead in or teach, whether it's something you've been doing for the last 20 years, I've learned that it's something that needs to constantly be stirred up to grow and improve in the knowledge of God and His Word more and more to that place of grace where we serve and lead and teach with excellence. Okay, um, We must not take any of these things lightly. This can happen to someone who's been in leadership role for an extended period of time. When the position is taken for granted or neglected, leaders no longer lead. Uh, Barak was such a man who afterwards, um, who didn't rise to the occasion of his call, as Judges chapter 4 and 5, Deborah stepped up to lead and afterwards exhorted us all as leaders in Judges 5 2. He said, when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. And it sounds kind of funny. You're like, what do you mean when leaders lead? Well, not all leaders lead for two reasons. Number one, they don't rise to the call. 
That was where Barak was. Deborah shouldn't have been judging, right? But she did because there was not a man to step up. So sometimes leaders don't lead because they don't rise to the call. Other times I think what ends up happening is um, this can happen if you've been a leader for a while. You neglect it. You put it in cruise control. You get content. You stop following Jesus. You stop seeking Jesus. And so it's a blessing when leaders lead. You know, not that we want to in any way, you know, get the glory or have the title or anything like that. It's because we've come to that place where we realize the calling and the responsibility on our life. And we love God. And we love the people that He has entrusted to our care. That's the only reason that we we want to we want to lead because we want to serve, right? And so I want the Lord to be blessed, for the people to be blessed. I want for God's sheep to be led into green pastures. I want them to serve better. Prayerfully, you join me on this journey that the people of Almani would experience an answer to the prayer of Pastor Chuck Smith many, many years ago that the people of Calvary Chapel would be the best fed, loved, and cared for. People in the world. So we have to do our best. And, you know, we all have different callings and different gifts. But we just want to do our best. Leave the results in His hands. So, Let's look at the course, the nature of the course. Um, so it's training in leadership. It's training in teaching. Oftentimes, these two go hand in hand. A large part of this class will take place outside the one hour we will be spending together once a month. And because you guys know, think about it, okay? You're going to get trained to be a leader and a teacher. You got 12 hours of classroom time. That's not a lot. Some of you guys are already complaining. Oh, man, I got another class today. Dude, <laughs> 12 hours of classroom time. Okay, and I know it kind of cuts into your Sunday. Yeah, there is a sacrifice, but I don't know. You know, my prayer is that in two years, there'll be pastors that I'll feel comfortable with, that I'll be able to say, you know, like I said, if God calls me on or God calls me home, We did our best to pass the baton, right, to the next generation. So um, it's it's we ask that you be here. Um, large part of the class is just that one hour a month. Uh, the course is also a prerequisite for a pastoral course we're going to be offering next year, Lord willing. Hopefully we get raptured before then, <laughs> but sh you just never know, right? You will be assigned leaders to whom you will be turning your homework in and to whom you can direct your questions to so that we might better serve you. And I hope this class is edifying, equipping, impactful, and fun.
I hope it is. See the little smiley face right there? You guys have that? <laughs> you, should, you should highlight that. All right, attendance. The classes meets on the third Sunday of each month at 2 p.m. for a total of 12 classes. If you are absent, your absence must be an excused absence. And I, and I'm, I, I got to be careful with that. You know, you're taking your family on vacation. I think that's an excused absence. Um, or let's just say it's been really tough and, and one Sunday, you know, you, you can't make it. We, we show grace, okay? But, you know, if you're just being lazy or, or you want to watch the game, Okay, that's not an excused absence. So we'll ask you, and I hope you don't get mad that we ask you. Hey, okay, I noticed you weren't able to make it. Here, needs to be with this clipboard right there. Okay, what's your excuse? No. <laughs> I have to tell you guys things like that because I know how you are. I mean, it's crazy. Did you guys know that one-third of the church doesn't go every Sunday? At one-third, 33% are missing. I'm sure it's not you, but I'm just saying, you know, some people, it's like, well, I don't really have to go to church service. So you've got to say stuff like that. Or here it says, if you are absent, you must listen to the class on CD or online and turn in all due homework and paperwork notice within one week of the class you missed. How long? Yeah, and I know people, they'll call, what, what do you mean, like one week from my birthday or one week from like okay the, Sunday to Sunday it's, you gotta you gotta you know go for it like if you're sick like you've been laid out for four days you know we'll, we'll give you some grace but um, you know hopefully you guys understand that it says if you're absent three times you will not receive a completion of the course you may take the course as an audit and so and I know it sounds weird you're like Manny are you guys like giving a degree or here no no what, what I was telling Henry and the guys is just that, like, if I look at, 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 at someone who's taken the, the, the course, you know, and that means something to me. That, that means something to us. But um, if you can't, like, make it or, you know, you can't, you know, you're absent too much, you can still come. But it's not, you're more like auditing it. And that would be more like for your own personal benefit. I'm not saying that God's not going to use you or God's not going to put you in some place because we're always open to the Holy Spirit. But um, it's just, you know, my prayer is that we'll cover things and we'll be able to see things and we'll be able to get to know each other. And then, you know, next year, what I'm thinking about doing is we're going to be offering these types of things every year. Hopefully there'll be more and more people and I'll teach it this year, but then next year someone else is going to teach it. And just they'll refine it and they'll make it better. And then if the Lord, let's just say, He doesn't come for another hundred years and we're still here, then they're going to keep doing it. My, you know, And they're going to always tweak it. Unless God raises up a pastor one day who changes his mind. But that's my prayer, trying to think long term. And uh, we ask that you be on time. Two tardies will be marked as one absence. So I've just noticed if people know they have to get there on time, they get there on time. So Henry's going to stand back there. I'm just warning you now. I'm just warning you now, okay? At 2 o'clock, you come in at 2.01, he's going to write your name down. That's it. I mean, it's just simple. And then you get a tardy. So that we're not going to like, that's how it is, okay? So what does that mean? You got to be here on time. 
what, what are you going to, I would just suggest to get here early. I know it sounds crazy, but anyways, we, we learned that. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because in ministry, in ministry, a lot of times people show up late. And that's not cool. So we're just, we're just seeing how you guys do. Okay. Requirements. You will be assigned various readings along with a two-page book report on what you would consider to be the highlights and or synopsis of the assigned reading. You'll be given various assignments in hermeneutics. Uh, that's the study and interpretation of the Bible throughout the course. And then the homiletics is supposed to be number three right there. You will be asked to give five, 10, and 15-minute teachings throughout the course. If you don't feel comfortable with this, no worries. Just let me know. Uh, the men and women will break up into different rooms, teachings during this time. The teachings are going to be recorded. Um, one of the best ways to learn how to do things is just to do them, you know. And like I said earlier, uh, it's a gift. It's a gift that God gives to people. And uh, and so I pray that God will raise up classes, that God will make, you know, and I got to talk to Teacher Jesse about this, but, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, man, you just, you know, I, I could teach for you, you know. And I might have to say, well, let's see how you do with the, with the you know, four and five-year-olds or, or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and again, I, and I know there's a distinction. You know, some people say, well, I'm not called, you know, to the children's ministry. And I understand that. And we're not going to be irresponsible in that or anything. But, you know, uh, there's, this, uh, there's different opportunities. Uh, we have a, a study that we do on Saturday, Mark and Abel and Henry do. And who knows, maybe... You might be able to fill in one of those nights or just different uh, devotional here at the softball game and cultivating our uh, capacity to, 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 you know, to teach. You know, Juan will have one of the young adults fill in for him from time to time or maybe you can help out with Jerry or, or it could be a marriage study. But, you know, it's kind of cool that like we've thrown John in there. He did a great job. But uh, at the same time, I want to give teachers also the tools. It's just, when you guys go to this class, it's not like a step one, step two, step three, step four, and this is how you do it. It's I've learned over many years, Manny, just give them the tools, give them a shovel and a dig, give them you know, what cross-references are, tell them to don't check their commentaries until the end. I mean, there's certain things that we'll give to you that we want. You know, we really... One of the things I, I think that the Lord has done with this church is it's kind of a teaching church. I really want to make sure you're teaching the Bible when you're supposed to. When you're supposed to be teaching the Bible, it's you're teaching the Bible, and you're not talking about everything else. You know, 20 minutes, you, you're telling you know people about your day. So we really want to give them the word. Um, so number four, supposed to be number four, you must be involved in some type of ministry here at Calvary Chapel Almani. If the, there might be an exception, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you if you feel there is. Um, but, um, I think that would be cool. Number four, five other requirements and opportunities to be filled as the, as the course unfolds. Okay. All right. Uh, these are, these are the classes and they're, they're subject to change. See where the asterisks are? Those are going to be classes that we're going to be teaching you uh, 
how to teach, how to study, how to teach. Uh, hermeneutics, homiletics. All the others are, are more along the line of leaders' classes, leadership, and uh, and and uh, they're going to be put together. So today is just an introduction. Next month, uh, following the leader of leaders, um, that's just really we're going to talk a lot about hearing the voice of God as a leader and just your, you know, the, the importance of the of knowing the word. Number three, servanthood, submission, and the cost of leadership. Um, and so you'll notice here that the next three classes are all on leadership. Um, the cost of leadership is number four as well. And it's hard, you know. Jesus said, if, if you're going to build a building, which of you? You know, you don't sit down first and you count the cost. Well, how much is it? Well, we'll talk, you know. You know, you're going to war and you don't got that many men, you might want to try something different, right? So, um, who knows me, you may not go to class five after that, we'll see. <laughs> Pray and read. That's going to be, um, if you, are you guys taking notes? Any of you are taking notes? If you want to put like a, a, it's an acronym. And it's not like exhaustive or anything, but it's proofread. P-R-O-O-F-R-E-A-D Proofread And it's kind of Those are the tools in studying P stands for pray R stands for read Read, 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 read I, I read the text so much I write it And then I type it And then I write it And I type it And then I read it And I read it in different translations So you pray, read, you observe We're going to talk about who, what, where, when, why, how And how to outline And some of you guys are really good But you might need to learn how to outline, okay, because it's helpful. And class number nine is focused on key words. That's how to look up a word in the Hebrew or Greek, even in the English. And the related passages, cross-references that shed light or, or say the same thing. Um, number 11 is environment and authors. So environment is in reference to cult context. And so after we've done all that stuff, then we go to our commentaries, and that's authors, right? And then the D is for doers. So you're, you're um, studying the Word not just to teach it, like, oh, man, can't wait to teach it. No, you're studying the Word to, to learn how to do it, right, to live it. So that's what proofread is, and we'll get into those things as we go. And, uh, and so number six, motives. You love God and His people. Number eight, the art of delegation and reproduction. Um, number ten, the plan or procrastinate. And, uh, and then leading by example. And I'll be honest with you, like looking at this, and I, and I was looking at different leadership books, I'm like, man... There's a lot more to talk about, but you guys are going to be reading them in some really, really good books. And uh, I've learned, I was looking at that, and I'm like, man, Lord, I've learned a lot of this by the mistakes that I've made. So sometimes failure is the back door to success. So Roman number five is homework. Ah, I'm sorry. you got to memorize James 3.1. And I, most of you probably already know this. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. 
And then Philippians 2, 5 through 7, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, now think about that, the morphe of God, I mean, he was God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And that what that literally means is he didn't hold on to that, like, hey, you know, I'm God. No, he, some people even doubt his deity, he was so humble. But he was God. But this is what he did. He made himself of no reputation, something we're so worried about, and he took the form of a bondservant. See, that's leadership. And uh, and I pray that this would be in our in our heart. Let this mind be in us. Number two is read the two passages in James and Philippians in three to five different translations. Note the differences in written forms. So what that means is you write it down. You, hopefully you type it out because I have problems reading sometimes. You guys are writing. You guys is writing. Unless you're really neat, but um, hopefully you type it out to be turned in in our next class, Sunday, February 20th, 2016. So um, can you guys write something else on your notes right here, if you would? Um, when you turn in that 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 uh, homework, let me know, like, what, I'm just curious, like, what, what do you use to study? What are your study tools? Some of you here, you have a favorite Bible uh, program, software, Blue Letter Bible, or something else. Um, others of you, maybe you don't have anything. That's okay. You don't have a whole lot. I mean, you like uh, whatever, the Strongs, the Vines, commentaries. I'm just curious what you guys have. So write, write some of those things down. And then number three in homework is read the book by Warren Wiersbe on being a servant. Turn in a two-page report on what you would consider to be the highlights and or synopsis of the signed reading on the assignment is due. Notice at Sunday, March 20th. Okay, so you have two months to read that book. And the primary reason I did that, because I really believe that leaders should be reading a lot. But anyways, the primary reason I did that is because I know some of you are taking the other class. And so there's a book there, but they're both small books. You know what, second thought? No, I'm just joking. I won't change it. So that's due in two months. And we don't have those books yet. You can see Henry if you guys don't have it. And uh, we could probably look it up online on Calvary Distribution when we get our discount and we can kind of get a general idea of how much that will be. And just as a tip, okay, just in case, how many of you here have a Kindle? Kindle, you have a Kindle reader, okay? I, what I do on my Kindle is I read it. Some people like books, so I, that's cool. But when this is what helps me. Um, I'll highlight things. I'll copy and paste the highlights and then I'll read my highlights and I'll mark it up with a pen and I really I get like a lot out of it when I'm kind of working with it that way and sometimes when you buy it on Kindle you get it for less so just options okay but if you do have a book here's another tip how many do you guys highlight your books when you read books how many of you here do it with a highlighter like a yellow highlighter Okay, you can keep doing that if you want because everybody's got their own style. But I will tell you this, it slows you down. But sometimes you read it and you read it twice, huh? Like, hey, I like that. So what I do, though I learned over the years, is just to use a pen. Like if I like a sentence, I'll just mark it. Or if I like a paragraph, I'll go, 
I, you know, the whole thing. And then working with my book, and then after I'm done, I'll go back and I'll read my marks. So anyways, because I don't want you guys just to read books and then say, I read the book, but I don't know what it, what it was about, you know? I want you guys to be work because these are good books, working with the book. What really stood out? What caught your attention? I mean, I still remember in that book, ministry, you know, what, what is ministry? I mean, when you read Warren Wiersbe, he gives you the definition, right? The God's resources, right? Divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And he'll tell you a whole bunch of cool things. So it's going to be cool. All right, any questions? Yes. Um, I don't think so. I, on being a servant of God? No. That was something different. This would be another book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I can't hear wait to hear you guys teach. I'm I'm really excited about that. Okay. Yes. Are you gonna be able to get the book quickly? Because we have No, you'll get the Calvary Row for sure next week. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, no. I'm so blessed, you guys, that you're, you're I really want you to know, I love all you guys, we love all you guys, we want the best, and I, and, you know, like I'll, I'll see, sometimes I'll see you guys, um, I don't know. I don't know if I should embarrass anybody, but I see you leading already. And it could be like uh, people, you know, young ladies, whatever, you know, guys, um, kids, young adults, and you're an older adult type of thing. I mean, it's just so cool to see, you know. And so it goes beyond like the technicalities or, you know, the official ministries. I mean, it's into relationships we're going to see as we go through this about counseling and about leading people, you know, always. And and I just, I just really pray that you guys, um, you guys just know how much I, I I get blessed and I appreciate that. So um, pray for the class. It's just unfolding as we go, and um, that the Lord would lead us in all these things. Okay. Any other questions? Okay, so we're going to email you, whoever your group leader is, because I, I wanted to find out who showed up and who's here. And now we'll be able to divvy you up. And you, so you should be receiving an email within the week, and they'll just let, basically let you know, hey, I, I'm your servant leader, your group leader, whatever. And if you have any questions, you can email me or, or call me. Yeah, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hermeneutics is a science of interpretation. And it could be, you know, worldly literature. For us, it's biblical literature. 
And so that's going to be us learning how to study the, the Bible. You know, reading it, what does it say, what does it mean? And you have to get into the original language and the background to it, right? And the best commentary in the Bible is the Bible. Prayer. But then homiletics is the delivery of it. Because that's also um, something that we want to hopefully improve on and, and, and bless you guys in. And again, um, you know, I remember when I took that class and I don't know, if, I don't think it helped a whole lot, but I still remember when I took the class. And uh, I mean, we'll tell you guys the silliest of things, like you can't wear your Jimi Hendrix shirt on that day when you're teaching, you know, stuff like that. Because you don't want it to be a distraction. Um, but no, how to deliver, how to work with notes, you know, um, maybe some eye contact or even they, I've, we even went over like, you know, some decent dress codes type of thing, but it's all about now delivering it. And so that, that a lot of that, you know, when I took the class, I don't know if you guys want to do this or not, but when I took the class, um, the students graded the, 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 the teacher. They're the ones that graded, and so um, we'll see if we if we do that or not. We'll we'll see how it works out, but it'll be cool. It'll be fun, and uh, we're obviously you're going to see as we go through that you're going to be teaching before you even take all the classes. You're going to be sharing a little bit, and um, so don't you know? I mean, we don't have like the highest expectations in day one, but um, eventually, hopefully. It'll, it'll be good. And, uh, and you all got to take into consideration who you're teaching too, right? You're teaching the two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. Their, their attention span's different, right? But when you're in, in high school now, Jerry's back there with the junior hires and high schoolers. A lot of high schoolers, not Jerry, but a lot of other guys, they, they entertain them because they want to kind of like relate and sink to their level and not give them the word. And then they can't come into the sanctuary because... Over there, they got not, no word. Now they're like, they don't like it. So we have to bring them, you know. We have to work together. We'll talk about the different different uh, places of teaching and stuff. And you guys are going to read some good books. Any of you here ever read this, the, the Seven Laws of the Learner? Oh, cool, Raymond. All right. Well, any other questions? Yes. Yeah, yeah. When no next month, we're, we're gonna give you a piece of paper, and you have to write it down. You just write down the the verse, so that'll be simple. No cheating. The Bible I can already see. Open Bible? No. Okay. Any other questions? All right, you guys. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Okay. Don't give up. I pray you would. Uh, Go forward. Lord, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. I pray, Lord, that you would make us servant leaders um, who would follow you. I pray, Lord, that you would bless your beautiful people in all of their life. I thank you for them uh, who have come forward and said, Here am I. Uh, Send me. Do what you want to do with me, Lord. I pray, Lord, that just every every calling that you have in this room would 
be fulfilled, would be answered, would come to pass. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.